in the market for affordable home improvement products, Eubin Building Supplies carries those high-quality building materials you need. Whether you're a homeowner, DIY handyman, landlord, or contracting company, their store in Dyke, Iowa has everything you need to get the job done right the first time. Their in-store builder showroom is designed to make the selection process easy. View samples, discuss options, and then take a few samples back to your home or office for consideration. Eubin Building Supplies is dedicated to getting the job done right, and their friendly experts will help you find exactly what you need to fit your lifestyle, home decor, and budget. Go and visit their Dyke showroom at 635 Main Street or call 319-989-2222 to see, touch, and feel the latest styles. Home is the starting place of love, hope, and dreams. Hi, this is Tiffany Ash with People Savings Bank. Whether you are purchasing a new home, looking to refinance your current mortgage loan, or looking for a flexible home equity line of credit option, now is the perfect time to give PSB a call. Ask for one of our dedicated real estate lenders to learn more about getting you and your home on the right track. At People's Savings Bank, it's all about making the right choices for you. Locations in Wellsburg, Cleves, and Dyke. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Roll blue. What's going on, DNH Nation? Tad Brace here alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Travis DJ Scribbles Kiewit. What's going on, Scribbles? Doing well. That's what I like to hear, buddy. That's what I like to hear. Doing well. Uh, I'm back from a little hiatus. It's, boy, I tell you what, with junior high baseball um, and some crazy family life stuff, father-in-law having open heart surgery and all that, I had to take a little break, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be back here, and I, I appreciate Travis holding down the fort, um, getting a couple pot or getting a podcast or two out while I was gone. So uh, thank you very much, Travis, for keeping it keeping it real. Got to keep our fans satisfied. Absolutely, a lot of clamoring, people knocking on my door, sending me uh, text messages. Yeah, I, uh, threatening messages. Right, Why haven't right. you gotten? Yeah, right. Um, so we can we can take a. We can back off from those a little bit, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have a really fun lineup today. We've, we've got a section for um, where are they now? Uh, kind of looking back at the career of one of our DNH coaches and then um, giving us a spotlight on some junior high athletics here. That'll be a good one, I think. A nice little plethora of guests thrown out there. Absolutely. Annika Choa. A recent grad, Sean Leonard, uh, wrapping up a 10-year uh, baseball career. And then we also have coach Alex Picorni, who not only coaches but teaches in the junior high. So, And I will say, um, I think you talked to Annika, and she was maybe a little nervous about coming on and that kind of stuff. Um, this is for anybody that we ask. Uh, it's not as bad as what you think. And I think Annika will uh, hopefully get through it with flying colors as well. But... Um, 
for the most part, it, it's not it's, it's not a real bad thing. No, I the amount of banter. I mean, everybody else knows that's that have listened to this that we just yeah. like to banter and and get to show the different sides of right. people. And the two biggest things that I get are uh, one is they're just nervous, which you shouldn't be at all, uh, and the other one is. Um, Nobody wants to hear from me or about me, and that's not the case either because the people we do talk to, they are interested. They, they want to, you know, today with, with uh, you know, um, this morning talking to uh, Ron Westerman down in New Hartford, you know, I learned something about him, didn't know anything about. So every time you hear somebody or get a chance to talk to them, it's, it's a chance to find out something else. Absolutely. And, you know, in the summer, it is harder to get guests in here. Uh, Everybody's busy. You have vacations coming up. Uh, Dead week is right around the corner here. So uh, we we do our best, but um, give it a listen and give it a shot. And if we ask you to stop in sometime, don't be nervous. It's a lot of fun. Right. And we'll prod you a little bit, but I I don't want to make anybody super uncomfortable that they absolutely don't want to come in. So if you tell me no, I may come at you just a little bit more but then after that uh, i'll stop and but honestly it's not we have never had someone walk out of this room with regrets right or saying oh it was way tough and yeah you know we've we've had uh, individuals in the past that have come in super nervous and not sure and then we always ask them how was it and they everybody we haven't had one person you're right haven't had one person say oh you know what i i don't i didn't like that or I look back to Mrs. Dove towards the beginning of our podcasting career was very, very nervous and she did a phenomenal job on the podcast and it was just so laid back and you know, it's a lot of fun. Give it a shot if, if we give you an opportunity. I, I I think people are in I'm interested. Absolutely. I think as the host, I don't think we would, we would ask you if we weren't interested. And if people aren't interested, they probably aren't going to turn the podcast on in general. So, right, they can go to a different one and get their information. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, while we get set up here and uh, get ready to get our interviews in, uh, take a break, relax, grab some popcorn, maybe a beverage, and use a restroom and get ready to rock. <laughs> Reineke Construction is a family-owned business right here in the DNH School District focused on providing residential construction services with the highest levels of customer satisfaction. They do everything possible to exceed your expectations like they have over the last 20 years. Reineke Construction does jobs from installing a garage door building barns to your dream house. They have even built a golf course clubhouse. Services include new construction, remodels or general repairs for homes, constructions on a variety of frames and pole buildings, and construction of clubhouses and other commercial buildings. Ronnie Key Construction serves Blackhawk, Butler, Grundy, and surrounding Iowa counties, and most of their business comes from word of mouth, which is the best kind of advertising. Look around their website at reinekeyconstruction.com to see a collection of projects they have built or renovated with passion. If you have comments or questions, please feel free to contact them at 319-239-6256 or reinconst at gmail.com. Reineke Construction. Measure twice, cut once. (laughs) 
All right, everyone. We are in the studio with a special guest today. Annika Choa, how are you? I'm good. Good. Annika, you are a former Dyke New Hartford graduate. Mm-hmm. 2020, right? Yeah. 2020, <laughs> the, the fun pandemic year. Um, Annika, why don't, before we get started, can you go ahead and give us some background information about yourself? Yeah, I am 19. As you said, I graduated in 2020. I currently attend the University of Iowa and I am a health and human physiology major and health and the human condition minor. <laughs> that's that's quite the mouthful there. Yeah, the Bless line. you. Yeah. <laughs> so what will that kind of lead you to in the future? Um, right now I'm on the pre-med track, but that can change obviously like pre-pharmacy or pre-PA. But yeah, really pre-med <laughs> is okay, what I want to so do. Okay, so any of those fields? Yeah. Part, <laughs> yeah. Are, are you leaning towards one uh, or the definitely other? Definitely medicine because I want to be like a radiologist, I think. I've been shadowing one at the University of Iowa Hospital and I really like it. So definitely that. <laughs> That's very cool. You'll be done in like three years probably with school, right? Yeah, of undergraduate <laughs> at least. <laughs> what What is the long-term... Um, like to get to where you want to be, how, um, so it's going to be four years of undergraduate and then four years of medical school and then like anywhere from like two to like seven years of residency. And then that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just nothing. Just I a mean, walk in the park. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool though. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have goals set, especially lofty goals, yeah. that, but you're definitely one that can, right? can get there and achieve that. Um, so we wanted to start this new section of the podcast, kind of the, where are they now? And, uh, so, Annika, recent graduate uh, at the University of Iowa, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your time at Dyke New Hartford? Uh, starting, like, what's your uh, fondest memory of your time in high school? Um, I would definitely say either girl state basketball or like the homecoming pep assemblies. Girl state basketball is so fun because staying in the hotel with like the girls obviously the basketball girls and then the other cheerleaders is always so fun and so like mischievous at night and. <laughs> One year, um, this was, which is definitely one of my favorite memories, is we were watching The Bachelor in the like the cheer warm up room, and then we were getting ready, and I forgot one of my shoes in the hotel room. So Kelsey and I had to like literally run back to the hotel like ten minutes before the game started, <laughs> grab my shoe, run back, and go all the way through security again. Oops, sorry. And I don't know, that's just fun. And like homecoming pep assemblies, just because I loved watching those when I was younger and just being able to be a part of that was so fun and always just a good time. <laughs> yeah, those are always good, especially, you know, here at DNH when you get the entire student yeah. body in there. And I mean, as, as a cheerleader, you got to be pretty, pretty jacked <laughs> up when you get in there and it's so loud. It's like, so like those loud. elementary kids, they, I think they live for that day. Yeah. And the, it's hot. In there as well. It's a little toasty it in gets there. A little, it? it gets a little warm in there. So, uh, and the amount of practice that you guys, uh, that you girls would put into um, those pep assemblies was crazy as well. Did you ever think of doing anything like that at the University of Iowa? Um, kind of, but I I know my limits, and I know my limits right. do not align well with like like the dance team or like the cheer team there, and with the intramural team, I feel like. It just really wasn't what I was like looking for. So yeah, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with going to college yeah. just to be a student, right? I, I think that's mm-hmm. what some people need to realize. It's it's perfectly fine to go and be a student. Yeah, and I think one of the misnomers out there is, and you know, being in education here for 20 years is seeing people 
students go through the high school thing, you know, and you got extra time and all this stuff. And then, you know, all these uh, students are like, oh, yeah, I'll do this and this and this in college. And, you know, I'll do this and this. It's like, okay, you understand the time commitment. You, you know, like, for instance, cheer and, you know, the athletics and stuff like that. You two hours maybe a day. When you get, once you get to college, it, it's now a second job. And so it really, I think that's where a lot of students, and it's hard to, you can't emulate that in high school. You just, right. you can't. But once you get to college, it's like, oh, okay. So I, I applaud you for knowing those limitations before you even go into it. It's like, yeah, I may have to. Tone it back a little bit. Right, right. Uh, okay, so. Um, you said cheerleading. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other things that you were involved in uh, um, through high school? Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I was in student council, and I did football and basketball cheer and speech and then soccer. I was in band, too, but that's <laughs> kind of a class. <laughs> 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 that's cool, though, because you had a little bit of a, a really nice blend mm-hmm. of athletics as well as um, your extracurricular, uh, more on the academic side with speech mm-hmm. and band and things like that. So um, what would your one piece of advice be for high school students then as they as they get into? I would definitely say if I could give advice to any student about to graduate or that just graduated is that whatever your path is, is that it's your own path because it's not going to look like anyone else's and you are exactly where you need to be to get to where you want to be. And if you have the goals, you can achieve them. It's going to be hard, but... Again, you are where you need to be to achieve those goals. And if you don't achieve them, then obviously that wasn't like the end goal because there's going to be challenges in whatever you do. And being able to work through those challenges to achieve those goals is really like the most important thing. And it's not going to be a walk in the park, but right. if you really want it, you can get it. The process. Right. Yeah. It's the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then how did, so we're here focusing on Dyke New Hartford and how did Dyke New Hartford prepare you for college or, or just life after mm-hmm. high school? I would definitely say by all the opportunities they, they offered, um, as you mentioned earlier, like college is really busy. And I think by me being so involved in so many things in high school, that kind of helped me teach me time management and teach me my limits and what I could safely get done outside of school while also maintaining my school grades and everything like that. And so I think offering so many opportunities that help me teach, help me um, become, help me teach. Oh my goodness. Sorry. You're totally fine. (laughs) Teach me time management. And also like, as you mentioned earlier, again, like be making me a well-rounded person, I think. And all the teachers, everyone I talked, I've talked to too, have always encouraged me and like told me that whatever I want to do, I can achieve too. And I think that really helped me prepare because if I need advice on what I want to do in the future or if I needed help in a class, I felt always comfortable going to talk to them, which I think was super important. So I do know that there was one trait you had in <laughs> junior high and high school, which was maybe procrastinating a yeah. little bit. Is that, still a, is that still a part of your lifestyle? No. <laughs> I, everything I get done like two or three days in advance now, I'm like the complete opposite now. Like everything is organized, set to a schedule, getting everything done like two or three days in advance because, well, the way I think about it is if I need help on it, I need the time, I need the time to be able to meet with someone that can't help me. And so I need to get it done two or three days before it's due. Right. Yeah. Getting it done eight yeah. o'clock the night before yeah. yes. and then showing up in 10 minutes before class saying, hey, uh, 
you want to help me out? That, yeah. that, that doesn't work no. in the college world? No. <laughs> it, it, it is huge, and it's crazy just mm-hmm. how how that first year of college can change yeah. you as a person almost oh, yeah. because you've got a lot of things that are mm-hmm. thrown at you and yeah. throw at you quickly. Um, so back to the high school side of things, what did it mean to you or what does it mean to you to be such a role model? I mean, my daughter, when, you know, at the basketball games and stuff, she just loved for seeing girls, you know, seeing you. Um, what did it mean for you? Um, it definitely means a lot because I think having them look up to me means that I'm doing something right. And when I was younger, I had those same girls I looked up to. And Kelsey Morales was one of them and Maddie Kelly. And it's just like so full circle that I get to be those girls for someone else. And I remember, again, being younger and looking up to them and wanting to be just like them. And I think it is important to have good role models for those younger kids because they always tell you that they watch everything you do, but it really is true. And they will they want to be like you. So I don't know. I think it's really important to be good role models for those young girls, especially. Very good. Yeah, I, I 100% with you. And, and I always go back to the Charles Barkley thing where he said he isn't a role model, but it, it, sometimes you don't get to choose that, mm-hmm. you know, in, yeah. in a certain position. And when you're out there representing D&H and all that you don't have the choice of, you know, there, there are going to be consequences. If you, if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, and I think uh, a few of our students here in recent years are finding that out, that people do watch, yeah. younger kids do watch. And, um, you know, for those students coming through, you may want to make better choices. Um, you know, this summer I've heard multiple times of our DNH students not doing the right thing. And, you know, everybody sees that, everybody, you know, so a hundred percent correct on every time you go out there you're I've always talked about you know the name on the front is you're representing a community and a mm-hmm. school district and everything else and um, what and if you don't like it then don't do it <laughs> you know yeah. if you don't want to be in that position you have the choice you know you had the choice to do cheer and do band and do speech and, and all that stuff and if you you know if you don't want that responsibility then don't do it so yeah, it, it it comes with the territory. And right. I think, like you said, you saw those people doing it, and now it became your turn, and there are going to be others that fill those voids as well now right. that you are in college. And you kind of answered my next question a little bit, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. Was there a particular, um, outside of Kelsey and, and Maddie, were, were there other people that you looked to as role models here at Dyke New Hartford, students, teachers, uh, anybody? Um, I would say every teacher as well but like specifically mrs slack i mrs slack i feel like is just the embodiment of like love and caring and i feel like you can really tell that she cares for her students and i think everyone can really feel that i am a complete lost cause with band (laughs) like (laughs) i can try as hard as i can and it just is not gonna work for me but she would always go out of her way to make sure like to help me when i need help and i obviously did because band was not my thing <laughs> and I don't know I feel like you can just tell she cares about her students she's really good at advice she's if you to say like oh I miss breakfast in the morning she's like oh I have a granola bar in my office if you want it and I don't know I feel like you can just tell she cares about her students a lot and it rubs off that's very good yeah, very good very cool well it's uh time for the random question of the day <laughs> and I didn't prep you for this one at all either so this is oh, <laughs> this is good okay so 
Uh, would you rather take an airplane ride where the person next to you sleeps on your shoulder <laughs> the entire time, or would you rather ride a bus or a train where the person on each side of you just have terrible body odor? Um, I would say plane because having having someone sleep on your shoulder isn't that bad because chances are I'm going to be asleep too, so I wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're going to be on their shoulder yeah. as well. What if they drool though? Um, well, I also drool when I sleep. So again, okay. so like you wake up <laughs> yeah. and there's a little bit of like yeah, it's okay. slobber on your shoulder. You're like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, but well, I snore. So I, somebody tells me I snore, but I don't, I don't think I do, but I've been told yeah. I do. I've heard that as well. Yeah, same, I don't. same thing. I was at a conference, um, this Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, and I never once snored, never woke up. You never heard yourself snore, did you? Nope. Uh, so what would you prefer then, Travis? Uh, I would prefer the plane one because I would also probably be sleeping. Although, if you're on the bus with, uh, you know, the, the BO, then that also um, masks your own. So, yeah, so you could be actually be that person with BO to somebody else. Right, right. Okay. All so right. then all three of us, if we're all in the same seat, then we're all rocking it. You have your and, own musk and... Right, and then when somebody you know goes like that, you know, waves their hand, you know, in front of their nose, I just point to the right. guy next to yeah, me and just exactly. say, you, you know, give the the hands up kind that's of thing. A good, but, that's a good way to think about. But that. I I would choose the plane over the bus if I if I had to choose. See, my stomach would probably prefer the sleeping on the shoulder. Right, <laughs> I you know, there are different types of body odor, and I think the safe bet here would probably be be the sleeping on the shoulder you just don't know what you're going to run into with body odor oh yeah yeah and dad being a uh, middle school <laughs> teacher yeah. and there's you run into it yeah yeah you run into yeah. it and i taught pe over in hudson for 19 years and had k8 and yeah there's uh interesting stuff that goes Instances. on there yeah yeah Yep, and I'm I'm sure I was one of those kids when I was younger as well. Yeah, and nobody just had the, <laughs> yeah, nobody, the heart to tell you. Nobody wanted to tell me. Would you? Would you tell? Let's okay. So you're on the bus, <laughs> and you're in between these people. Would you say something to either one of them, or would you? I think they'd probably realize once I start gagging, or like so indirectly. Yeah, you, they would know that. Hey, I, maybe I would say something like, "Oh, somebody didn't. I don't know who it was, but somebody didn't take a shower." Yeah, the last two days or something. That's how I do it in my classroom. I, I never directly point out somebody by guys, we're in sixth grade now. We need to be showering every single day. And everyone's like looking at each other like, oh my gosh, right. who's he talking about? And sometimes they know. <laughs> right. They know. <laughs> but, well, Annika, I just want to thank you so much again for stopping in. Uh, I know as a former grad, it's not always the coolest thing to stop back at your high school. Right. But uh, again, we really appreciate it here at Dyke New Hartford, and we appreciate everything that you brought to the school during your time here. So thank you very much. Yep. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Sorry if I talked really fast. <laughs> The DNH Loose Change Podcast is looking for the final two businesses to partner with us here at Dyke New Hartford. DNH Loose Change will be a weekly podcast focusing exclusively on all things DNH. The podcast will primarily consist of interviews from administrators, teachers, support staff, coaches, and our own DNH students. 
By becoming a partner, your business will be given up to a 60-second pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll read in every episode to a captive audience. Your donation will go directly to help out the DNH Booster Club as well as help offset the cost of producing the podcast. For more information, contact Travis Kiewit at 319-983-2206 or by email at travis.kiewit at dnhcsd.org. Thank you in advance for your support of our DNH students and roll blue. We're back in the studio with Coach Sean Leonard. Talk about the baseball season, wrapping things up. Sean, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Okay, now that the season's over, Sean, uh, go ahead and give us a, a wrap-up. Talk about the team, individual, all that stuff. You know, we did a really nice job this year. We didn't really set goals or have you know these huge expectations. Uh, not for any other reason. Though. We just didn't know what we had exactly. Uh, we knew we were going to have some young guys... Uh, we're gonna to have to step up, and uh, but now looking back, that was a heck of a season for for us and for the program for these guys. Um, it probably overachieved. Uh, I don't think anybody kind of saw this one coming. Um, but again, I I take pride in that, and and the guys should too. They uh, they they put in quite some time in in the spring, and um, really got off to a nice start. And I think that gave them confidence, and uh, they really never slowed down. Just the consistency in which we played at. Um, you know, over the long haul, over eight weeks, we didn't really have a, a bad week. There are times we didn't play great, um, but we never had that bad week that a lot of teams have. And uh, um, so I'm super proud of the guys for that. And uh, and they should feel good about it because they did it. So, uh, and I hope everybody else is, is pretty proud of, of what the program was able to do this year. Coming off, you know, what we lost last year, um, some pretty key guys. And we had a, a key injury this year to Devin Kolash, who, uh, was finally back in the lineup uh, with about two weeks to go in the season. And uh, so to do what we did um, under some of these circumstances, I think was super impressive. So uh, 23 wins, and uh, we were one win shy from a uh, six consecutive conference title. Uh, we were the number one seed in the district, got a host again, and, and made it back to the district finals. So all in all, again, you'd like to make the state tournament every year and win conference every year. Um, but uh, I think I, I, I'm pretty pleased with, with how it went this year, and I think uh, other people should be too. Um, talked about the conference there, um, and we've talked a little bit over the summer. Um, can you explain to the people this conference season was a little different as far as wins and losses you know, compared to other um yeah. Seasons, you know. Yeah, we went 14 and 2 and and that's going to win it 9 out of 10 <laughs> years. Um Jessup just really I, I joked at the all-conference meeting with the other coaches nobody did nobody else did their part. No nobody else beat Jessup. Um right. and and really Jessup deserves a ton of credit. They uh they too started off really really well and uh um the way they kind of got their schedule set up it, it's nice for them and uh they can throw their one and two every conference game and um, and they did a nice job. They earned it. They played really, really well. I think they, they, like us, I think they caught a lot of people by surprise as well and um, with the way that they played over the long haul too. So, uh, But 14-2, and two, like I said, that's, that's man, that thing's right. going to win it. And we, 
we gave them their only conference loss, correct? We did, yeah. Split, yeah. I think, up there. We did, yep. We took game one, three to two, and and uh, ended up losing game two, eight to three. Didn't play that play well that night um, or that second game, which was a little frustrating. But uh, you know, we still felt pretty good leaving um, with the situation and kind of looking ahead. All right. Um, and, and what was third place for losses? Do you know? Columbus was five. Okay, so yeah. it was definitely... It went down to the last night. Yep, we were both tied going into the last night, Jessup and us, and uh, they ended up sweeping. Um, who they sweep? Wapsie. Wapsie, I believe. And, uh, we ended up splitting with Columbus. So. Yeah, obviously you want to go in with uh, a nice lead and wins, but it's also fun, that competitive last night. Right. Kind of kind of gives that, that race feeling. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Back and in 2018, we went down to the last night, too, and uh, we swept Denver at yep. home. I do remember couple, that. A couple yep. one-run games, and uh, and that was exciting. I mean, kind of, a, well, turned a double play uh, to end it yeah. with the bases loaded and one out uh, in a one-run game. So um, we've kind of been on the other side of that, taking, taking it down to the last night, too. But, um, no, I, I'm super impressed. I think people had us pegged for middle of the pack and even maybe bottom half and uh so for these guys to do what they did was was awesome and that's the the hard part about baseball as opposed to other sports is you know so much is dependent on that pitcher and your schedule and you know there are so many other factors than you know not always the best team wins that night right and you know i think the same thing can be said for postseason as well you know, you can ride that hot hand. You know, they, it's set up now with the state that you can ride that hot hand. You know, if you have one and a half good pitchers, you can go pretty far, you know, and, and as we did last year with uh, Buter and, and Waters, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to throw those two guys, which as a baseball guy myself, I do not, I, I don't, I, I would love, I would love it if it ever would come down to a best of three or a, you know, a double elimination or, or something where you have to have a few pitchers. You can't just rely on that because, to me, then it's softball. Right. And then you can throw the same person every time. And I, I like the 4A, I don't get – they play the first-round game, and then if you're the number one seed, then you sit for a week. Right. And then you play the state, you know, to go to sub-state. You win that, you get to go to state. Well, then once you go to state, I think, you know, they play like Wednesday – Thursday, Saturday, or you know something where once you throw your number one guy, you pretty much can't use him unless he's under the pitch count. Right, and uh, so that's you know I think to do what you know you've been able to do here at DNH and and develop those pitchers and stuff. You know, I it, it's good that it happens, but if you run into a guy, a team with just that one, it, that's happened it, a few times. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know. It's not fair, but it is what it is. But yeah. it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I like I like to say to go back to what they did when I was in high school to set up the, the way they set up the district tournament. And I I want to say we went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, or Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, something like that. Right, um, like that's what we were too. You know, the way it's yeah. set up now, it's we play four games in two weeks. Right. You know, we usually we go we go seven straight weeks of playing five games a week, and now we go four games every two weeks. It's just not set up. Um, as well as I think it could be. And I don't know why they changed it. Um, but, uh, you know, especially with the pitch count and stuff, I just think, you know, you're not seeing the best teams down there. You're seeing aces. And then so those those semifinal rounds tend to get ugly. Yeah. And, um, 
we have depth, and I think we've always had depth. Um, and there are times where I think we've had really good top-end pitching, but there are times where I think we're a really good team. We just were lacking in that area. Right. Um, and then you go up against a, you know, a dude. and All right. Yeah, that, that's the frustrating part about yeah. the baseball aspect of it is that pitcher, you know, which is why they get paid a lot of money right. in major leagues to pitch once every five days is because yeah. you need it. But, you know, at the high school level, it's there's no other sport that has that. Who was our innings leader this year, Sean? Um, starts was Will Texter. He had 11, and Nick Reinecke had 10. And that Will actually, uh, at least in my tenure, He's now the single season starts record holder. <laughs> uh, Nick Durden had ten. Uh, I think Carson Parker had ten, and then Nick Reinecke tied that this year as well. Um, it, Will or or Nick? I want to say Nick probably over probably passed him just because he threw a, a couple of these tournament games. So okay, but nobody. I mean, even close. There, there's some pitchers that were up in the you know sixties and seventies innings pitched and. I think we settled in in the 40s somewhere. So, hey, but I mean that kind of says a lot about the depth that you have, where you can do that with the different pitchers. So, um, and you've kind of touched on this next question a little bit. Uh, what's what's been your coaching experience here at DNH for the past 10 years? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean I remember my first game, and, and just it, it's been great. The people have been great. Um, you know, this this whole season kind of summed up the previous nine in the sense that um, there's no drama, there's no issues, there's no egos in the, you know, on the team, and um, we just got to play baseball, and that's, that's probably been my favorite part about coming here the last 10 summers is I just get to coach baseball. You know, I don't have to deal with some of the other stuff that you know, maybe a lot of other coaches deal with or maybe you have to deal with elsewhere. Um, it's, 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 and that's just been refreshing and enjoyable, and um, you know, the kids have been great and the kids have been the number one reason why I've continued to come back. Um, but, uh, all the support people around us and the program, um, whether it's parents, uh, community members, you know, everybody that we get up in the press box and, um, all the assistant coaches I've had and, um, it, it's, I, I've got zero complaints. I really do. And that probably sounds cliche or, um, you know, something that everybody says all the time, but I, well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean it. There is one thing. That uh, I disliked? Use of the gator. <laughs> you would have loved to have had your own gator. I think we should have, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and probably rightfully so, but if, if there was ever, you know, I coached with Sean for five years, and if there was one, you know, one Debbie Downer, it was where's the gator and we would like to have possession of that there's thing. so much and use for it, and I, use it all I, the time i'm 100 percent with you i it, when you need it it's not there right. or you know you use it and then you know it sits for a little bit but then you're going to use it again and right. you know to drag the field and you know yeah. would you have rather had uh your own gator or would you have rather had a golf cart like with a little uh not a trailer but a you know yeah um Anything that would we you, could have I, called ours. Because <laughs> I could see you being a guy dragging the field with a golf cart. So you're saying I'd fit in in this town really, really well. well I'm just, I, <laughs> just kind of, golf cart drive around town. you know, just, yeah. Uh, Anything that we could have got our hands on yeah. easily and kind of 
called ours that we could use when we wanted. It would have been nice, but yeah. Um, if we, that's the worst thing to happen in ten years, I think it was <laughs> right, right, much. right, right. What'd you say, Ted? <laughs> we had a writer in high school, a writing lawnmower. We hooked yeah. up, uh, you know, drag to it. And that worked really well. I'm not even sure what we had. I'm not even sure we drug it, or maybe we did it Horse with it. manpower. Buggy mm-hmm. here, because I do feel like we had two guys that would pull the drag around. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure what I started with here in 2012. I want to say is a riding lawnmower too. I can't really? remember. I don't think we had the Gator. We got the Gator pretty quick, maybe year two or three. But um, so, what you would say for the next coach that comes in is push for another Gator. If there's one thing that the program needs, it would fit in our shed. That's all I know. So <laughs> if we ever got there, one, there is we, room we for a it. Place for it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> No, but Tad, to go back, I mean, I, I yeah, it's 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 really been super enjoyable, and it's gone by way too fast. And I know people always say that, and you, know, you spend ten years and you put your heart into it, and uh, you know, it kind of feels like kind of comp- somebody asked me the other day, and I kind of compared it to you know, like a death in the family or or, or a friend, just the, the sense of loss. Um, you know, I'll turn my keys in in a couple of days, and then that's it. Right. 10 years and the snap of a finger, you know, the day comes and, you know, it's done. Yeah. It's, it's not yours. And I don't like to share things very much. And, <laughs> um, and the, the field feels like it's my field and the program feels like it's mine. And these, these are my guys. And, um, well, I was going to say also, you know, along with just the baseball program itself is also the field. Right. And I know you've put in a ton of work with that thing and to get it to look the way it has. And, as I mentioned before, no other sport takes care of, you know, their facility than, than baseball and softball. And so there's a little pride and, and it's always on display and, you know, you get rewarded by having, you know, hosting games and, you know, people see it and it's, you know, it, and I think baseball fields have come a long ways, you know, there's been some really bad ones, but there's also been some really good ones. And I feel like the quality has improved Overall, in general, yeah. you know, people, coaches take more pride in it. Irrigation, things like yeah. that. I and mean, it takes a I mean, honestly, it should be its own salary. I mean, there's been multiple times where I, I mean, you, everybody's, anybody that's been a baseball coach has been up there for yeah. multiple hours doing the littlest of things that probably nobody in the general public sees or even recognizes, but as a coach, right? Because when you show up to a field, I look at it, right? I'm like, okay, so if it's a nice manicured field, you know, the team is probably pretty good, right? If you show up and the field is, you know, there's weeds and stuff, okay, I I think that's a that's a check mark in in ours that you know you know what we might. I always look at the edging, like when I get yeah, there, that was one right. of the first things I always checked out, and right? And that's one of the hardest things. I mean, stay on top of, yeah. It's not something you just do uh, in April. You get the field ready, and all of a sudden right. it's, it's done for you know the next two and a half months. No, it's it's constant. Yeah. It's daily, um, you know, improvements to it. And, the I mean, daily. It really is. It's daily. We, we are doing something on that field every day. Right. Uh, it could just be with the hula hoe and just getting some some weeds that are starting to pop up some places. And um, so yeah, that, that's. Uh, I have a coaching friend. I won't tell you the school, um, but he does get a. a a couple thousand dollars oh, really? stipend just for the field work on top of his the coaching. coaching. Sure. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the time, 
I, to put in the field is is equal to the amount of time that you know you spend you know actually coaching and you know going home and put stats in. Right. I I think it should be, you know, because I I believe football basketball it it's basically contact, mm-hmm. like contact times or days. That's kind of how you get paid. Yeah. I to me I think it's. It's, it's at least hours, yes. <laughs> well, right, right, yeah. right. But I, I think it's I, you know, it's it's at least a, a contract and a half. Yes, you know, something There's like no doubt about that. Something like that. Yeah, it's a tough That's, job. Yeah, yeah, because just think if you went up there and didn't do a thing, who would do it? Right. I mean, honestly, who? I mean that, and then next thing you know, you're getting phone calls and you right. know, uh, bad balls are going everywhere and right. and whatnot. So. Right. And for me, I don't want anybody else to do it either. You know, I want I want us to have to do it. Right, we could do it our way and uh, make sure it's done right. And um, so, yeah, we've taken a lot of pride on you know, where that feel. Man, the the feel when, the way it looked in 2012. You'd step on there, and the way the line was. I mean, if you weren't wearing sunglasses, it, it was <laughs> blinding. It was that bright, and uh, it was like you're playing on concrete. Um, and the watering system, I had just a garden hose that I had a hook up behind the dugout and wheel through the fence. And, um, I use my thumb as, you know, for just pressure sure. to get some water to squirt out a little harder and further. And, um, so yeah, it's come a long way. It's, it's the next guy's going to have a heck of a time, man. It, I mean, everything's kind of set up and it's in a good place. And again, that was super important to me too. Not only the, you know, the program, but the field and, um, you know, coaching is never easy, but, uh, Whoever the next guy is, uh, one I wish him luck. But two, he's going to have a, a pretty good setup, I think, and um, you know life will be a little bit easier for him. Which again was important for me. Right. So next year we can have free summer possibly. Um, will you be? Was Thomas about t-ball age or? I don't like t-ball. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, we'll do some stuff together in the backyard like we have, and um, I'll always have access to a field and. Um, so I, I like the social aspect of T-ball and nothing against anybody else that loves T-ball, but, um, I, I yeah, we'll take care of that part again, I guess, uh, I guess on our own, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll re, I'll resurface somewhere. I don't know where or when, but, uh, yeah, I really want to kind of take a sabbatical to be honest with you and take a year and I want to go watch, uh, you know, just a couple nights a week, go find the best game in the state and go watch them and, uh, just go. Uh, hook up with some coaching buddies and uh, go watch them practice and, you know, head down to Van Meter and watch them practice on a Wednesday morning right. or whatever and uh, just pick up on some things. I've been doing, you know, you know, I go to the clinics every year and you pick up some stuff and you're in constant communication with some coaching friends and you ask them questions and bounce some things off them. But, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, I've been doing my own thing basically for 10 years. So it'd be nice to get out and see what other people are doing uh, and see it live and pick up on some things and, um, that'll just help me too. And I wouldn't mind a year away. I'll miss it. I mean, I, I would be surprised if I'm not, you know, in a dugout somewhere doing something, but, uh, I, I'm really interested in, in maybe just taking a year away just to kind of do some of those things before I get back into it. Mm-hmm. But I do intend to get back into Is it. Is there any particular thing that like next summer you're looking forward to do like one thing that you just haven't been able to do, maybe a trip or... Uh, you know, I've missed out on some family vacation. My wife's family's from Florida. Uh, they go down in June every year, but like, we're going to go back down next week actually now. Um, so missed out on a couple of things like that, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's 
part of who I am, and I love coaching, and I, I couldn't imagine not doing it. It's been 15 straight summers doing it, and um, who knows? Maybe I'll surprise myself, and I'll, I'll kind of like some of that downtime. But, um, yeah, I just I, I, I can't imagine not being on a field in the summer. I stink at golf. I don't have a, you know a ton of hobbies. Um, yeah, this is kind of the life. So, um, well, Cedar Falls Field's not too far away. You could always, hey guys, you need a, a somebody to mow. You need somebody to, and I do think they have a striper. Okay. So I just throwing it out Some there that you know you don't don't make that extra ten miles here to Dyke, but you get your little fix and and maybe. Uh, I like the field work, but that would probably be the first thing to go, to be honest with you, if I could just show up at game time and help coach a team. and uh, If, I, if I'm if i not going to be the guy in charge anyway. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. So no field maintenance? Uh, the Bucks. If it was just that, I, I could get into that, I right. think. But uh, to do that and all the other stuff and not be the guy in charge, I don't think I'd do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like okay. Cedar Falls says, yeah. hey, we need somebody to mow. Come out here and, and make this field look nice. Don't need you in the dugout or anything. We just... Sure. Throw a couple shekels your way and I could see me doing that. Yep. Yep. There's no doubt about that. Bring Thomas along, you can yep. hula ho while you That's right. Are in the big rig. Oh, he'd love doing something that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Travis, I'm letting you take over for this question here. This is this is your thing. That time for the random question of the day, Sean. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right, a little baseball-related, and I will preface this. Um, when I was uh, with the Waterloo Bucks, this one came up a lot, and it, there's it's both sides. There, there, is no, there is a right answer. It's my answer, but um, a lot of people, it got pretty in-depth once in a while. So, okay, Sean, there is a sniper with a paint gun sitting in the press box uh, at Waterloo Bucks Stadium, Okay. He's just up there, and it is a paint gun, so we're we're looking for contact. You're not killing anybody. Looking for contact. Could that sniper get all the players? Could he hit every single player that comes off the field after the third out? So there's the third out has been recorded. Let's say the Bucks are they're out in the field. They're heading to um, the third base dugout. Could he get all nine players by the time they reach the dugout? And he's in the press box. He's up in the press. He's yeah. So there's a thing called the deer stand. I don't know if they still have it, okay. but it's right in front of the press they box. Do. Yeah, I was nope. there a few weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, so he, so um, you know, so basically it's right in front of the press box. He's got access. Yeah. I mean, there may be some beams in the way, but sure. this guy's a sniper. Yeah. Um, Can he get all nine guys? And and they're and they know, they know it's coming. Okay. This isn't like ah uh, yeah three outs all of a sudden people are getting hit by oh. paintballs. I think that changes a little bit, but uh, I've shot a paintball like twice in my life, so I don't know how a paintball really works. I've never that. shot one. Oh. Um, I would like to, but I'm. I mean, he's a sniper for a reason, and it really depends on. Uh, so he's gonna have to go probably third baseman for well first base dugout third base dugout. It is third base dugout. Okay, so he's going to have to get third baseman and catcher and pitcher first. That's going to happen pretty quick. I'm going to. You say mean that it'll happen pretty quick that they'll get to the dugout, or it'll happen pretty quick that he can knock them off? It will off. have to happen pretty oh, quick because sure. they're going to be the first ones in there. Um, 
I'm going to say, yeah, that's his job. That's what he's going to do. And it's it's nine people in a matter of 30 seconds. I would think he could probably get that done if he's very, very Nine people in 30 seconds. Yeah. They're all jogging off. They're no, coming. no, they're not jogging off. They know it's coming. Okay. They know. So they don't have to go straight to the dugout. They have to end up in the dugout at some point. So I'm the center fielder, the third out. I know somebody's trying to get me with a, a paint gun. Yeah. There's a lot of variables here, man. I, well, that's the it's reason. Like, it's for, like sharks and minnows in an elementary P class, and somebody's going to have to probably draw the uh, tagger's attention so everybody else can get through. Um, right, but do the sharks get the job done? Well, I mean, they're not so, going to get everybody. Okay, so. i probably answer my own question right there. Right, so what do you think? He's gonna get. He's gonna get most of them, but I don't think he's gonna get everybody. You don't think he'll get all nine? You, you change your mind when you change the variables. Okay. I don't think he gets all nine. No. Ten. I don't. I don't think so. I just, especially if the catcher and the third baseman know what's coming, it's not gonna take them long to get off the field. But I'm, he is a fresh. This is a a professional. This guy has been trained for this. Yeah. To do this. But you know the percentages if you start running in a zigzag motion that you're actually going to But he is a professional, though. You're right. So that probably won't affect him as much as it would a uh, And there are probably flags casual. in the outfield so you can know the wind. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Give it to me, man. What do you American, think? I don't think so. I think there's enough between the third baseman, the pitcher, and the catcher. I think they can zigzag enough and the shortstop for that matter. That's four guys you got to pick off within a matter of seconds, and you can't miss. You miss once, now you're reloading, and I, I just think there's too much zigzagging. And by the time you focus on those guys, now the first baseman's, you know, now he's maybe down by the, you know, uh, by the backstop, you know, and that left fielder, he's probably hugging, you know, or, you know, that and that center fielder is probably just running, you know, zigzagging all over the place. I don't. This was truly when we talked about it was fifty fifty. Mm. See, I would feel like the right fielder just kind of knows, <laughs> like, okay, my percentages are probably right. pretty low. I'm making it to the dugout. Right. Yeah. I. It's good stuff. But I mean, he is he is a professional. I mean, I. I mean, good day. These guys are semi pro athletes too. They're probably pretty quick. Right. Okay, so what if, what he if gets we get the first three? What if he's we get them all? What if we changed it to um, a high school team with different athlete builds? I can see that. Do you think way it's more a, easily. A better? I don't know. Okay, what about junior high? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, junior high. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we do have different levels, but I I'm with you. I don't I don't. I don't. I don't think. But if he gets, if he gets the pitcher, the catcher, the third baseman yeah. right off the bat, yeah. then that changes things. So it could be a, I don't know. So out of, let's say he had ten times to do this, how many times do you think he would be successful? Would you give him what? What percent do you think he could? Or out of ten, because he's got to get the first three, which would be tough. I'd say he'd get it a couple of times out of ten, at least two or three times out of ten. I thought th- I thought three. I was gonna say three or four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would love to to try this. When we were out there uh, one time coaching, we had laser tag come in, and they 
had a big laser tag within the stadium. Not the same thing, but and I I never played, so I don't know. But have either one of you played laser tag? I took our 2016 team to the laser tag place on University. Okay, so how far can you get somebody? Could could you do this or not? I'm a horrible shot. I I I don't. Well, I mean, just from a a technology standpoint, could I sit up in that? That deer stand, and, and when I click that laser, would it trigger somebody's, or is that too far away? I don't know. I Does it got to be closer? That Should building was somewhat, I mean, it was a decent size, but I don't know. That's a pretty, that'd be a pretty good shot. I, I, I don't know what the range is, if it's Especially to the 300 end of the feet. dugout, I don't know. Well, it'd have, it'd have to be, I mean, because you could pick off, you know, the center fielder 300 feet away. That'd be too Almost easy. 400. Okay. Hey, we got time. Can I talk about the seniors quick? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You betcha. Um, we had three seniors this year Zach Waters, Nathan Moore, and Jacob Klingenberg. And um, Zach is going to uh, go and uh, play at Ellsworth next year. And that'll be his first stop, I think. I think, uh, I think there's more there. Um, I think he's going to uh, really impress some people there and, and move on to somewhere else after that. So I think it'll be a nice stepping, uh, stepping stone for him. Uh, but he, uh, he moved to town. Uh, you know, right before his freshman year, and uh, still not even sure why exactly, but uh, that's besides the point. But he, uh, man, he made a an immediate impact um, from day one. I, I joked. I we had our banquet last night. And I told the parents we, uh, uh, Coach Johnson, Trent Johnson was my assist, one of my assistants that year, and uh, we geared Zach up like day two or day three of practice, and Trent and I went to the plate with them and put them through. we had this all these drills to put them through and uh <laughs> last about four or five minutes i say yep you're good we don't need to do this anymore and we're walking away even trent goes oh holy smokes right and trent was a catcher himself so he, right. he knew the That's position i had him with me and uh he goes he he'd start, he would have started last year's an eighth grader for me and i said you're probably right i said you would have still hit trent but um but uh, the job that he's done, I mean, uh, multiple all-conference. Uh, he's a first-team all-district player again for the second time. He's all-state last year, and I would highly anticipate he gets uh, some more recognition there this year. We'll find out in about a week or so. Right. Um, but, uh, man, he's he's done awesome for us and the impact that he's made. And he's going to be a heck of a coach one day, too, he's, with the leadership qualities that he's got. And uh, uh, the guys will listen to him, and I hope he gets into it sooner than later, too. Uh, Nathan Moore, Nathan, uh, uh, he helped us out a little bit with on the varsity uh, level as a sophomore, just running some bases, and uh, uh, then his role increased a little bit more as a junior. He's a starting right fielder for you know state tournament team, and right. um, and at the bottom of the order, and then uh, kind of struggled offensively this year. Uh, moved to center field, and and he did a great job um, uh, out there, just like his big brother Jacob. But uh, he's batting like a buck forty or something, and. Uh, all of a sudden, hey, let's bat him lead off. Let's see how that goes. And uh, he probably hit 330, 340s lead off. <laughs> I think he raised his batting average 100, 120 points. So it's it's weird, you know, when you give a kid maybe a little more confidence, um, you know, than maybe he was if he was feeling down on himself or whatever. And uh, just that show of confidence, I think, was probably the difference maker for him. And it's just a different spot, different feel, and uh, and he did a great job for us. His OBP raised. Uh, uh, increased big time too, and uh, we we're doing we we're doing pretty good at that point prior. But uh, he just gave us a whole different look, and I'm uh, super proud of him. That's kind of what you want out of your guys is to get progressively better, you know, each and every year. And 
and uh, you know save their best for last and uh, Nathan certainly did that and then and he's playing the Shrine Bowl uh, this weekend as well and uh, just an all-around you know like I, I told people last night at the banquet um, he had no issues no worries with Nathan he showed up he didn't say very much he had a good time he worked hard when he was there right and uh, then he goes home you just you know just one of those kids you look back and um, say man he was really fun to coach just no issues and um, we we tend to have a lot of those kids here but um, yeah I, I really liked uh, you know, being around Nathan and then Jacob Klingenberg um, and I got all, I got all sorts of emotional last night talking about Jacob and I'll try not to do it here but uh, you know for a kid that um, you know he, he ended up going off for golf the last couple of years I think but uh, you know this is the only sport he played and uh, you know, he was a junior playing JV last year, just not getting any varsity time at all. And that's three years of not getting any playing time. Um, and he came back. And I right. think, and that was kind of the message that I was trying to give people last night. You know, when mostly anybody else would have left, he stayed. And uh, and he reaped the benefits and, and got the reward be- because of it. Um, he started every game his senior year. Uh, for a top 10 team, a 23-win team, and uh, was a part of a state tournament team, part of two conference titles, and none of that ever had to happen because a lesser individual would have been gone a long time ago. But he made the decision to stay, and um, and he, he had a heck of a senior year. I, and I didn't know how it was going to go for him either, but we're going to give him a shot as a senior, and, and he didn't disappoint. He did the exact opposite, to be honest with you. He impressed and uh, continued to get better, and um, I felt so good for him, maybe even happier for him than, um, you know, any other, anybody else that mm-hmm. I've ever coached because he, uh, a lot of other people, almost everybody else would have been long gone and, and he decided to stick around. And, uh, so I feel really good for Jacob and, uh, and I know he feels good about himself. And that's something he should be proud of. And, and these three guys together, um, you know, you always, they're small in numbers, but they're going to have the same impact as last year's group and the group before. Right. We've had some great senior groups come through here, and um, you always think and wonder, you know, how the heck are we going to replace these guys? And But then the next year's group does it, right. and then the next year's group does it, and then the next year's group does it. And this was a question mark kind of a season, too. You just weren't sure just with, with such a small group of seniors, but they found a way to do it again, you know, uh, with the success that they had in the field. and. Um, so the job that these three did was maybe even more impressive than, you know, maybe what some of the other groups did. Sure. No, I would a hundred percent agree with you on <clears throat> all three of those. I like mentioned before, I had a chance to coach mm-hmm. all those guys as well. And yeah, I a hundred percent with, with, uh, Jacob, it just, I, I would venture to say 99% because nowadays and, and even I did, uh, helped out with softball this year. And, uh, you know, that same kind of, you know, thing, if, you know, these girls, you know, they see it, if, if they're not going to play, or if it's just JV, then I'm out, you know, right. or, you know, just the effort or whatever. And 100% agree with you on, on that. I wish uh, far and few between there. Right. I don't. There's just sometimes you're going to have to wait your turn and it stinks. And you're right. just going to have to accept it or, and keep working hard and, and keep coming back. And he did that exactly. And. Yeah, well, and even even previous years, I there was not a complaint. There was not no. a he was a team player. He was there all the time, and and I I appreciate 
you giving him a, a special shout out because that is not the norm, no. especially that in this day and age. Well, and you wanted to see that luscious hair on the field. Yeah, as much what? As you holy could. smokes! Maybe yeah. that was. And he's such a good kid too. You know, that's, that's that it. Right. And we've we've got a lot of those guys, and some of those guys just weren't able to crack the lineup, and you, you feel so bad because you want it so badly for yeah. those kind of kids. And uh, Jacob is finally able to do that. Yeah. And and base. I keep going back now. Baseball is tough, but yet that is another thing that when you set that lineup, it's not basketball or football where you right. just randomly throw somebody in for a couple minutes or you know an inning or two. You just can't do that yep. with baseball. There's the the restrictions and limitations are so stringent that it's right. it's hard, and I and that's what makes baseball as tough as it is as well. And how it chews up a coach is you can't just throw them in for a couple innings and, ah, uh, yep, just want to take them out. You know, there's yep. other things involved where, yep. you know, it's just, it, it it's a tough, tough sport overall. Can't take so, a time out and, uh, you know, make a sub and get some right, in. And, right. Yep. So. Well, Coach Leonard, just want to appreciate, or say we appreciate your time here at Dyke New Hartford and wish you the best of luck moving forward. Um, again, thank you and hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Dyke New Hartford Booster Club is established as a support group to encourage parent and community participation and to raise funds to enhance and expand the academic, social, and athletic programs that are available to each individual student at Dyke New Hartford Schools. The Booster Club feels strongly that parent and community involvement during the school year can be a key to the success of our students here at DNH. Please consider helping our students by becoming a member. Our Booster Club website can be found under the Parent and Community tab on the DNH homepage. Thank you for your support and roll blue. Okay, we've got Mr. Alex Picorni, a teacher at Dyke New Hartford Junior High, joining us in the studio now. Alex, how you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Very good. Uh, just for those people who don't maybe know you that well, can you go ahead and provide a little bit of that background information about yourself? Well, I'm a teacher and coach here at Dyke New Hartford. Um, I grew up originally uh, south of Traer on a farm. I've got uh, three brothers and sisters. Um, I went to North Tama, graduated from there, and then went to UNI, um, got my teaching and coaching degree, um, and then I've been at Dyke New Hartford ever since. Um, got started uh, student taught with Scott Connolly and then I guess I must have not a uh, uh, ran too many people off and they decided to hire me on I forward. didn't realize you student taught with yeah what was he teaching at the time uh, I think at that time it was social studies okay and uh, it was first day I rolled in he said you got this and I said yeah I suppose and then I <laughs> didn't see him the rest of the time you didn't see so. the rest of the eight weeks <laughs> yeah was he still in the same room uh, my room that I have now, actually. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so okay. I claim my spot on that, I guess. Right. Boot him out, and so it. as soon as you got done student teaching, as soon as you graduated, DNH was the first. Yep. Yep. So I, I had a, I filled in for a while doing some odd end jobs on the side for DNH, just because um, we had to finish out that school year. Did you graduate in the spring? Okay, so even after, like in May, you're you're talking about filling in. Yep. Yep. Oh, I wow. A, I was an aide for a while, and then. Uh, so did some sub stuff, and then that next fall, um, I was hired on. So I've been pretty much DNH the entire time. Wow, that I didn't. 
Huh, that's pretty, I don't, not standard. I mean, usually those first, especially social studies, a tough one to, tough, tough one to get into. Yeah. Going into it, Scott, just talking about Scott's classrooms. When I did my level three, Scott was in my room. Then he moved over to what is Alex's room now. And then I don't know if there was one in between, but now he's in the the old home ec room. Yeah, the old FCS. Yeah, so yeah. he's bounced around a little well, bit. Oh, square footage. He's really stepped up. Yeah, he has. A little magical, you know, musical chairs kind of thing going on. So Yeah. wonder yeah. where he's going to go next. Got to claim it while you can. Yeah, I guess right. so. It's not going to be Barry's office or Barry's room. <laughs> Huh. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. So, so anyway, um, I've been here ever since. Uh, used to live in Cedar Falls, and then uh, right before the pandemic, my family and I. So I've got my wife Michelle, and then our three kids, uh, Peyton, Abriel, and Blakely, uh, moved over here to Dyke and uh, hit it just kind of right, right before the pandemic hit. And then I spent basically the entire time working on honeydew lists and yeah, trying to make everybody happy. I guess I do remember when you moved here. Didn't you take personal days or something, and then all of a sudden it was like spring breakish, and then <laughs> you took all these days off, and then all of a sudden we're off. Why? Well, yeah, I burned I mean, a whole whole week of personal days thinking you know, <laughs> thinking that was a great idea, right? And then the next week I came back for a day, and then they announced you know we're getting out for um, COVID. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm, I mean the bright side, of my house was done, but then the right. other side, I'm like, well, those personal days have been kind of nice, right? right. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember something like that happened with you. <laughs> You you couldn't pay for that to happen. No, like that. that's right. I guess we must have to take a break from spring breaks for a while. <laughs> and so, how many years have you been here at DNH? Then uh, I'll be going on my eighth year um, this this fall, um, both coaching and teaching. Uh, so just got done this summer doing my renewal credit stuff. That's always a good time, and I plan to be here for a long time as long as everybody'll have me. So nice. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, eight years. Um, what has the, been the best part of your teach? Let's focus on the teaching part right now. What's been the best part of your teaching job? I would say at DNH, the best part overall is just the people. Um, you're talking about we have great students. Uh, I think all our kids are just awesome, awesome kids. Um, I've had met so many kids over the years that I just have really developed a relationship and really liked, um, and maybe want to come to school every single day. And then we've got you know good set of parents, people that are always really supportive. Uh, anything you ever need, they're constantly you know whatever they can do for you or um, checking in and stuff like that. And then obviously our staff, uh, as a district, I think our whole staff's great, but especially in our building in New Hartford, all, both you guys are there with me. And it's just, it's a special place to be. Um, we've got a lot of us have kids that are kind of the same age. So we spend a lot of time together outside of school and doing different things and hanging out. And um, you, it's just, you, there's a lot of people you know, if you need something you can go to, it's definitely a community. Um, my kids obviously come to school with me every single day to New Hartford. Um, and it's just, they're down the hall and I just know that there's a whole school wide of people that are going to take care of them, be there for them too. So that's definitely got to be the best part of DNH, I think. So I know what my answer would be as an ELA teacher, but what's the hardest part of your job? Ooh. So you and I both, we like to teach writing, but I know for sure the hardest part is grading papers. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't envy and I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's great. Um, we put a lot of effort into it. So you want to give kids good feedback. But when you're looking at 65 to 70 kids, three-page average, that adds up pretty quick. Cool. Wow. So. so do you – I'm a PE guy, so I'm complete opposite of, of where you guys are coming from. Do you guys – is it better to knock them all out at once? Is it better to take a class at a time? Or is it better to do 
you know, 20, take a break, 20, take a break. I mean, what do you guys, from a teacher standpoint, what do you guys do or what, I mean, everybody have their own. So ideally, and I'm not saying this always happens, but ideally I try to do like 10 a day. So uh, a lot of times it's after school. I like to say I'm productive during this, like my prep period and stuff, but that doesn't always happen. (laughs) So it might be late at night. I might be sitting down watching a football game in the fall, trying to grade persuasive papers and sure try to knock try to knock t- 10 out just so you don't burn yourself out and so that way you still give good feedback and then the next day try to knock 10 out and then the weekend you kind of just play catch up but right. uh, you know life happens and sometimes that 10 turns into all of a sudden you gotta knock out 15 or right that that to me would be the hardest especially from an essay just yeah i mean that i'm the same way i do 10 and then my goal is two weeks turnaround, but like you said, life happens. So sometimes it's two and a half or whatever, maybe right. 10 a night is my goal or 10 a day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time grading at home. Sometimes I have to do it at school. It's like every other right. paper, I I flip flop back and forth. I kind of do the night owl thing. My kids all go to bed. Everybody's house is quiet. Right. Then the kids kind of wonder why, why, why am I getting comments on my paper at one o'clock in the morning? Well, that's oh, just, sure, <laughs> that's just kind of how it rolls. Now, when I we I had a this was in college, but whenever we turned in a paper, we could not put our name on the front page; it had to be on the back, you know, just so they weren't. Do you guys, or do you know the kids well enough that you know whose paper it is, or does that even? I mean, not a big deal, kind of thing, you know, at at your level. So a lot of times I might. So, like, usually it's up at the top, so I might scroll up real quick so I don't necessarily see it, just to kind of hold yourself accountable. Sure. So you really look at every kind of paper. But usually by the second, third paper, I've read enough of kids' writing that I could right. probably <laughs> tell you who it is. At least pretty rough guesstimate. Right. Um, so that's a good way to do that. But they also change a lot over the school year. I mean, you start off beginning in the fall. Our writing skills usually aren't great. Yep. By the end of the year, we make a lot of strides. So that's, that's always good, too. Yeah, and honestly, I I don't really worry about that as much just because I'll look for, you know, let's say John Doe is really bad at sentence fragments this on this paper. So I kind of like to know specifically, is he working on that on oh, sure. paper or not? Sure. So it, it kind of goes back and yeah. forth. I'm guessing, obviously, everybody's at different levels. and Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of different right. levels. I'd, I'd argue that I didn't learn how to write until I was in college, probably. I think probably when I was in junior high, high school, I probably wasn't a great writer. Uh, probably it wasn't until college that I got a lot better. I always tell the kids that I think my first college paper I got back, I, there was more red than white on it. So I got humbled pretty quick right off the bat. Yeah, I, I will be honest. I'm not. That is not a strong point of mine whatsoever. I really struggled with with all that. But, I, but like Alex said, the kids are making really big strides in that area, so... And that's that's kind of what we take our yep, that's good. Take our pride in. So, all right. So now looking at the coaching side, you you said you've been coaching here the entire time, yep. eight years. Um, what what have you been coaching? Well, I started off when I first came here. Um, I helped out with the high school staff, and then I dropped down um, and helped out, took over the junior high program, um, just because I wanted to make sure we had uh, really good alignment with the high school staff, and we are lucky enough that um, Coach Betts and his his staff do a really good job of kind of helping us um, build things down, um, giving us resources, helping us out whenever we need it. So um, we aligned our programs so that way um, when a kid comes into seventh grade, they're learning the same techniques, plays, and all those kind of things that they're going to be doing when they're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior right. high school. So that's been awesome. 
Um, I love coaching here. It's it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, there's just a lot of good good people. So, it, I was telling of some family members earlier that kind of having last year, and you didn't have that, but having I didn't get to coach baseball last year. It was almost kind of like a reinvigorating moment to be able to get back out there and really get you back excited about it and and always being out there. So, um, what about your fondest specific memory of coaching? We all have those. I can tell you some memories of mine. I'm sure you have a specific game or play that stands out in your. Well, I'd say I probably have several. I mean, I've been doing this enough years now that, I mean, I can think of a lot of things, but I would say probably one of my fondest memories, I think it'd be about three years ago. So that'd be this year's juniors class was eighth graders and we were playing in New Hartford and it's just downpouring. I mean, like literal <laughs> slip and slide. It's, uh, I think at the time, Camden Cannon Gators are center. He couldn't palm the ball with one hand because it was so covered in mud. He had to do two. And he's sitting there just trying to just basically get the ball back. And it, it is just downpouring. It was kind of like a warm rain, so it wasn't like freezing cold. Right. The kids were just, I mean, I'm sure the parents hated life because it literally was oh my gosh. drenching. I've never been so wet in my entire life. <laughs> um, but the kids are just having a ball because they're just sliding all over the place. And uh, I think Union had come to town, and we were taking care of business that day pretty well. And game was out of reach pretty early on. And uh, the kids just had a good time of running around, making tackles, sliding. It's a lot easier right. to tackle it doesn't hurt so bad when the ground's nice and soft and there's right big puddles well it's almost uh you get rewarded by sliding 25 30 feet by tackling somebody exactly (laughs) the only bad part about it was i had to do the jerseys that night and wash them oh boy (laughs) so what what turned out to be one of my best memories quickly turned out to be one of my least favorite memories because i think uh i think my wife was sick of that after a while so (laughs) yeah i would think so jeez (laughs) yeah i uh I remember Joe Fulkert's, uh, our, the first time, the first year that I was coaching in the um, junior high uh, NICL baseball tournament, and we were down by one run to Hudson in the last inning of our tournament. And Joe was up, and I'm telling him, don't swing, don't swing. And he got to full count, ends up walking to first base, gets to first base, and I'm giving him the don't steal sign and he steals right away and they overthrow a second and he gets the third and he scored the game tying run. And then the floodgates open, we ended up winning the game. And I, Joe reminds me of that all the time when I see him. So that's funny. Yeah. I really, I, and that was definitely my, my fondest memory, but, um, so how's summer lifting gone? You've been doing summer lifting and open gyms. How's that been? Awesome. We've had a lot of kids come in. Um, you know, it's, it's, Obviously, there's the physical benefit of coming in the weight room. You get faster, bigger, and stronger. But there's also that mental part, getting your butt out of bed and, you know, in the summertime when you'd rather maybe sleep in and do stuff like that. So we've had, um, I would say, over 30 almost every single time, and then about that stays for open gym as well. So Now, is uh, this the junior high level, or what level we— This is junior high. Okay. Yep. yep. So I helped out um, junior high this year, uh, just both, you know, speed and agility kind of stuff, uh, weightlifting, and then we did some open gym stuff a couple times too as well. I'm just playing a little basketball, pull a pickup games. So it was really good. Um, I just, you know, especially those incoming seventh graders that are new to the system, new to how we do things, it's kind of eye-opening experience. Right. And there's a lot of expectations to be a Titan New Hartford athlete. Um, there's just that you, you mature a lot when you come into the summer weightlifting because the expectations are so high. Um, you've got, you know, myself, but then there's also a lot of varsity coaches that are around, and they're, it's constant feedback, constantly trying to do things the right way. 
Um, so that, that that's new experience for them, but I think a lot of the kids really enjoyed it. Um, this year, it's kind of a, a different experience for me because I actually have a son that'll, that, that'll be a seventh grader. So, oh, sure. so you know, a lot of those kids I've known since they were just little little tykes. So it's it's a whole new experience and just seeing them, you know, grow and mature and those kind of things is, is awesome. And then um, our eighth graders come in and take leadership and they've done a nice job with that and helping out the younger kids and kind of show them the ropes a little bit. So that's all around it. We had a really, really, really good summer, I thought. There's a lot of benefit too, like you said, of having these kids lift and, and work out together. Absolutely. And build that team right. unity. And I think that's something that what you guys do and focus on, you know, Reingart pushes that team focus bets. Everybody is, it's the team. It's yeah. all about the team. Right. And right. that's, that's what I think has made DNH successful for so long. Um, yep. So, did, well, and I like, I like the part, the work ethic, mm-hmm. I mean, getting up nobody wants to get up early nobody wants to do that but it needs to be done and i think that instills in them you know what there's a not a quote-unquote job but there's a job that i gotta do i have a team that i have to rely on and and they're relying on me and you know and i i totally think that helps out with that part of it where people that aren't coming they're chilling and you know in their house 10 11 o'clock whatever you know just get up and you know do whatever you want but here you know and to me, that's a lifelong lesson. I mean, that's something that is forever, absolutely right. forever. And, and plus, the kind of the concept of you know, a lot of kids come in and they think, "Well, I can't do this, or I have limitations." Well, once you right. learn to work past that limitations, you get a little more mental toughness and grit. And those are all life skills that will carry on through the rest of your entire life. Yep, absolutely. So. And I believe you just did. You just have a junior high football camp recently. We got it coming up coming here. Up. Yep, coming up. Um, it'll be the tenth and eleventh of August, uh, nine to eleven in the morning. Um, it'll be on like the uh, high school practice field in Dyke here. You just kind of have to watch out for construction, but it's um, it's just uh, south of the track and high school field there. Um, there are sign up forms online that you can get on or get in contact with Coach Betts. Uh, it's open to all incoming 7th and 8th graders that want to play football. Um, obviously, all the varsity coaches will be there, junior high staff will be there. And then uh, Coach Betts does a great job of having his senior, senior leadership yep. teams take kind of leadership, and they, in a way, kind of run the camp and help kids, and obviously the coaches are there as well. Um, but it's just a really good experience. I think it's $25 to come, but then you end up getting a, a shirt and a T-shirt and shorts to go with it too, so kind of get your money back. Yeah, and that. I think most of the parking, at least when the guys practice seven on seven and stuff, is is there east of the the bus barn, yep. just in that grassy area where you would normally port, park for a Friday night football game, and then people have been walking over. I know you can, you know, probably park on Main Street and walk there by the elementary if you want, but I think in general they're pretty well attended. I would I would probably park in that grassy area to the east because. <laughs> It's kind of a mess right now. There's a lot of uh, metal out there, and but be uh, and for sure, and, and we'll be there, obviously, right? You know, early, right early before the camp even starts. So yep. drop kids off and be ready to rock and roll. And like I said, it'll be done about eleven o'clock, and get a team break, and then we'll send them on their way. Yep. Be good. Okay, so Mr. Picorni, this is a good opportunity here. Um, is there any information that you want to send out ahead of time to parents or anything? to stress for junior high football or anything at all? Yeah, sure. Um, well, obviously, I just got done talking about the camp. A um, couple other things coming up before school starts. We'll have pad handouts. So that's when we're giving out um, shoulder, helmet pads, jerseys, all that kind of stuff. That'll be um, Saturday morning, the 21st of August. Um, 8 o'clock will be uh, 
the eighth graders come in at eight o'clock and the seventh graders come at nine o'clock a.m. in the New Hartford gym. Um, we'll get usually we can get them in and out in about twenty minutes, so it's it's a pretty fast thing. But that just works out best for us, so that we can roll into that next week of practice and have all the stuff we need to have for them. Um, the first day pra- or first day of school will be our first day of practice. It'll be after school from three fifteen to uh, five fifteen. Um, the kids just need to wear shorts and T-shirt, so it, we've kind of kind of had a progression. We'll start off shirts and shorts for a few days, then we go to helmets, and then that Friday, the 27th, will be our first day in full pads, and we'll get locked in and rocking and rolling. So um, that's kind of leading up with that. I would say just remind parents to you know make sure you get those concussion forms in, um, physicals in. Don't forget to sign the physical. I think every year I'm always constantly ch- chasing parents right. down, trying to get that signature or whatever. Um, and I think the physical is probably the biggest thing that gets – and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have a physical, you don't get to practice. Right. You can go hang out and watch, but you cannot participate until you have that physical. So now is the time to, to get on that and get that done, especially because they, I think it's a just a year, right? It's actually 13 months. Okay. So you're good for 13 months. So let's say like last August, um, your child got a physical. Uh, they would have 13 months to get that okay. uh, up and ready rock and roll. We would still need a copy of the old physical if you're going, you know, a few months in the season on that. So they right. just have to call the doctor's office and have them fax them a copy. But that's just a way to kind of work with the insurance. Cause a lot of insurances um, don't like to do the physical before that year is up. Right. So it just kind of gives parents a little bit of leeway. And So what if, what if a parent doesn't know? Can, can they contact the school? Do they need just to go to their doctor? I'm not even sure. Their doctor should have physical. Yeah. How would they would find out? Okay. Yeah, because then there's also kind of the thing where, um, especially. I mean, the school won't contact the the parent or something and say, hey, until it's almost probably too late. Yeah, well, I mean, we always do um, physical checks. So, like, let's say, you know, Peyton McCorney doesn't have his in. Uh, Mr. Cavalier, let me know, hey, we're, we're missing so-and-so. Okay. And then um, I would you know, contact parents and say, hey, you know, can you get this in? And this is kind of how you can do that. And I'll walk through okay. some steps there. Um, the other thing that's kind of important, um, especially coming in, incoming seventh graders, a lot of times they'll have well-child forms, and that technically isn't a physical. So what you have to do is you have to call your doctor and say, hey, can you fill out the actual physical form using the information from the well-child form? I'm not okay. quite sure why that's the case, but that's All just right. kind yeah. of the hoops we got. It is what it is. Yep. And with those 13-month uh physical forms too, you you do need to make sure you're doing it within the 13 months because if you're in the middle of a season and you hit that 13 months mark, as soon as that 13 months is up, you can no you're longer out. play. Sure. So you've got to make sure you're right. on top of that Right, so well. if you're only, uh, if you, like a seventh grader and you were only a bad example, like a spring, spring sport, then yeah. you obviously would run out before that following year in football. Or we whatever. have a couple of that. A couple of those instances with baseball, uh, just because we have a couple kids who just do baseball and, sure. and that, but that's yeah. it's just part of the job. And yeah. and I don't know, are we are we all, as a district offering? Um, I have I haven't heard. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I I don't know. All right, checking. Is it usually Mark Winger? Right, I think so. Yeah, somebody Ayla. usually does it, but I haven't. Either I missed the information, or I I, I don't know. Because I think last year COVID kind of threw it off a little bit, and right, yeah. Uh, well, Mr. Picorni, it's that time of the day. Um, ready for your random question? Sure. All right, this is this is a fun one. Would you rather be stuck in heavy traffic with Pee Wee Herman for four hours, or be punched in the face by Mike Tyson? <laughs> I'm going the punch in the face, Mike Tyson, because I hate traffic, and that's four hours. I feel like a, a nice bag and. 
some Tylenol could take away the, the hurt from Mike Tyson. Plus, he's kind of getting old, too, so I don't know if he can hit as hard as he could before. Like present-day Mike Tyson I'll and present-day Pee Wee Herman? I'll go present-day, both. I'd rather just get it done and over with. Bring on Big Mike. I don't know. He's actually in pretty good shape, though. I saw it, one of his workout <laughs> yeah, videos. Yeah, dude's, dude's pretty cut still. Still has a lisp, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see him in a dark alley. Let's just put it that way. Right. What do you What do you think? I I am not getting punched by Mike Tyson. <laughs> no, there there's probably a pretty good chance I'm not getting back up. He might fix my deviated septum. You know. <laughs> right. I. The, you said punched in the face. In the face. Yeah, I don't. We should probably like you should have probably clarified. Does that mean I have any long term injury or not? No, we'll we'll just say it's a it's a standard. Well, punch in the face. No, I'm not gonna say concussion or anything like that. Okay. So you could get concussed. No, I'm not. I'm saying that you let's can say not. you won't. It's just gonna be the the pain for you know whatever it is a day or two. Or is he wearing long. boxing gloves or is he? Yeah, just because that's how he he's he's gonna wear boxing gloves. Yeah, that's probably not as bad. But I I would take the Pee Wee Herman. I I enjoyed his movies. Ooh, I just can't do Pee Wee Herman. Oh, I like I like him. So you had me got the traffic thing. I hate traffic. Yeah, I my thing is there. There's a double edged sword here because first of all, it's Pee Wee Herman. Second of all, what if you have to go to the bathroom while you're Correct. in the traffic? Four hours is a long time. Yeah. So I guess I just rather get knocked out and not know what's happening. Yep. Uh, I don't. I would do the Pee Wee Herman thing. I mean, it's either mental pain or physical pain. Yeah, I'm not a physical guy. Last night I was. Uh, in my house changing air conditioner vents and I stubbed my pinky toe on a weight <laughs> and I pulled back the the toenail and it started bleeding everywhere. I almost called in sick today. <laughs> so I, I I'm not that hurt. I can't imagine what well, Mike anytime Tyson. Anytime you lose a toenail or peel back a toenail, that's not gonna feel good anyways. Yeah. Well but so what what is it on a scale compared to Mike Tyson? I mean, that's well, probably a one. Your, stubbing your toe is pretty nasty. That's probably a one. Mike Tyson's like a ten. But I don't think you're gonna know where you're at when the Mike Tyson probably hits you. So you I know. think by the time you wake up, I mean you're gonna be in a lot of Yeah, and the boxing glove helps. I mean, yeah. he can only do so much damage, right? And are are you just like standing there? You know, like have you seen on YouTube or whatever those guys slapping each other in the face? The ridiculousness or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, whatever. But it is it something like that where I just have to stand there and he's right in front coming. of me and he's going like this and he rocks my jaw and you know my jaw comes uh, off. What if I let you wear a mouth guard? What about one of those training helmets? Oh sure. And then just step into it because then he can't have as much power. You're getting inside you're getting inside right. his, his leverage. So right. you're golden. It won't hurt that bad. And what if you Got a chance to hit him first. See, I don't know if I want that because I feel like I just make him mad. Yeah, well, me too. It's but like it, you're messing with the right? bull. But yeah. okay, so let let's change the the question a little bit. You have to hit him first. He gets to hit you back, or Pee Wee Herman. I'd still go with. I'll take. Still it. go with the with uh, the. Yeah, I'll take it. Well, that, I don't. I don't know, man. He just. Yeah. What if it's bare fisted? Ooh, bare We're not. We're not going there. That's that's not. I know, but I'm just. I'm trying to figure out where it's this bare fisted. I'm going. With okay, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out where the where yeah. the uh, the line is. What if it's bare fisted, but you get to wear one of those training hats? Well, then I'd be alright. Because I'd probably still figure out a way to kind of half duck it too. Yeah. So, like, I, I just, yeah, I'd probably just get it over with at yeah. that point if I got the helmet on. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, you guys have convinced me. 
As long as he's wearing it, he's wearing a glove. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I can't imagine a bare fisted. Especially in his prime. I mean, I mean, oh my gosh. I'm sure he can still I'm sure he can still bring it. I mean, he was rocking legit boxers. Oh yeah. With gloves. I mean, so just think about when he hits you and you're not a legit boxer. Yeah, I don't know. That uh, man, that's <laughs> Can I can I take Conor McGregor right now with his broken leg and <laughs> Boxing gloves. Well, yeah, Floyd just, Mayweather. You can just just run, just run around. Right, I was just run around. <laughs> all, right, all right, Mr. Bacorny, <laughs> thank you again for stopping in and uh, visiting with us here at DNH Loose Change, and good luck with this f- upcoming football season and school year. Awesome, thanks, guys, for having me. everybody that does it for us here at dnh loose change before we give our final goodbye i'd like to go ahead and thank our guests today for stopping in who do we have today travis uh, give us a rundown Annika choa recent uh, dnh graduate uh, sean leonard uh, baseball coach uh, here finishing up his 10-year career and then uh, had alex bacorny Talking a little school, sports, coaching, yeah, more specific. It was a nice variety of people in here today. It's always good to, to talk to those recent DNH grads, and hopefully we can continue to get a few more of them on the podcast. It is, it is kind of a, a task for them, too, to get here, so we appreciate that. Uh, so they're, you know, a lot of them are away at college or starting their careers and, or even right. families in some cases. So Yeah, that'll be good to get get those guys on and see how it goes. I know, and this is maybe a couple of years ago, uh, the Donovan group, I don't know if you saw the ones they did of Byron Fritch. I did see that. And yep. then was it, uh, was it Bryn Harberts? That- yeah. Uh, for some reason I was thinking Bryn Harberts or Claire Fulkerts or it might've been Bryn. Yeah. I think it was her cause she was with that dance dance. Yes. At you're UNI. Right. You are right. Yeah. Those were pretty cool. Uh, where are they now kind of things. And so, yeah, it would be nice to get, get uh, some alumni back in here. Absolutely. Kind of show everyone where they've been after DNH. So um, we also want to go ahead and uh, talk our first pitch today. And in this week, this this episode's first pitch is, is just going to go out to the Kaufman family. Um, we want everyone to, we want the Kaufman family to understand uh, just how much they mean to us. And uh, we're there to support them through their through their tough times right now what with the loss of Andy and Beckett. And, uh, you know, it's just an unimaginable loss. And, and we want them to know that their Dyke New Hartford family is here for them. Um, and, you know, everybody will do their part and be there as much as they can. Um, so keep them in your thoughts and prayers as we move forward. Yep. I, you said it all. It's small community. Everybody rallies around. Uh, the community members uh, when something happens. And um, this uh, I've also heard from um, individuals, friends of mine in other school districts, you know, one uh, in particular from Clear Lake, that they heard the story and offered their support and prayers and stuff like that. So it's it reaches everywhere, but it, it does start here at DNH and and um, always be thinking about uh, the Kaufman family. 
absolutely. And, and um, I, I just, I didn't know Andy very long. He was uh, Kalen's t-ball coach this year and just the amount of energy that he brought and patience he had for, you know, four-year-old right. softball girls. Um, I just, uh, it, it was, it was really special for us. So it, um, we really appreciated everything that he did and he definitely left a mark on the community as well as Beckett. So, yep. Very well said. Thank you very much, uh, DNH listeners, and we will be on very soon. Take it easy. This is DNH Loose Change signing out.